and welcome to Poke Sports, a competitive Pokemon podcast. I'm Mike, and I play with one Pokemon on the field. I'm Kevin, I play with one worm on the field. I'm Mike, and I should probably stick to playing with one Pokemon on the field. Nah. No, I'm kidding. Nah, I'm fine. kidding. I'm kidding. It was a weekend over in Chateau de Poke Sports. <laughs> is that what our cabin in the, in the woods is going to be called? 100%. Chateau de Pokesworth. We have a fire 100%. pit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're going to be talking all about our trip to Hartford this past weekend. Uh, we're going to be talking about regionals. We're going to be talking about so much more. What else are we going to be talking about today, Kevin? Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon Home. We've got the new patch. We've got so much stuff. So you know what? Let's get into... Let's get into the home news, actually, because I think yeah. that's that's probably the most interesting stuff. We put our cart before our Mudsdale. <laughs> it's uh-huh. us Pokemon. We messed up. Uh, so <laughs> what ended up happening is, yes, Pokemon Home was originally announced by the official Pokemon Twitter to be coming out today. The Did day we have a podcast on on that uh, after that tweet, or did that? tweet come after the podcast i think that tweet came after the podcast okay so yeah. this is something that we didn't say yeah so this thankfully. isn't a make good this is a haha <laughs> 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 thanks pokemon mm-hmm. uh so what ended up happening was that they announced that pokemon home would be re- um released on the 24th of may which is apparently miscommunication on their part so now they said it's coming eventually so <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, they they gave a firm date of today, uh, which would have been nice. But then they came back and they were like, uh, actually, whenever. You but know what soon? this sounds like? It, this yeah. sounds like uh, Pokemon made an announcement. The devs got back to them and said, wait, what? <laughs> this is not ready. And then Pokemon was like, oh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we had a very lengthy talk about this in the car with all of our peeps. With all um, of our dev friends, yeah. With all of our dev friends, yeah. And and that was just kind of how it how it sounded. It was mm-hmm. like they're they're not they're not not ready. Certain things about home have been ready this whole time. Uh is it probably possible for us to transfer Pokemon from older games to uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Probably. Yes. If they, if they wanted to go and put that out, uh, they probably could do that. But the major difference between uh, home in the Scarlet and Violet days and home in the sword and shield days is that you'll be able to change apparently Pokemon's moves while they're inside uh, Pokemon home. I don't need and all now this. you're now you're interacting with data. Now you're not just storing it. Now it's it's a two way street. So they needed storing, some time to yeah, work on editing that. it. And I'm sure where there's editing data, there's a lot of bugs and problems. Totally. Um, f- one bug and problem that I could think of is that every single Pokemon that is now in home, there has to be somewhere in home that saves whether or not that Pokemon can learn those moves or if those moves are legal. I I think it's not worth the hassle. Why right. why not just let the Pokemon have the moves that it has when you put it in there and then just let the game be the checker, right? Once you push it to another game, 
delete mm-hmm. everything that isn't legal next. <laughs> yeah. If that move doesn't, doesn't exist on that Pokemon, then delete it and move on. But, but then that comes up with things like how come male and Didi, uh, how come female and Didi has trick room? How come, uh, Hatterene, well, I just learned this one this weekend. Uh, Hatterene can have expanding force. Only through illegal means, but yes, it is not yeah. banned online. So inside the actual game, people can get certain moves on certain Pokemon. They have not developed mm-hmm. the means to this uh, fix those Pokemon on the fly. This is probably one of the first times I will ever admit that Jenning gave you a competitive advantage. And that's if you gen a Hatterene with expanding force. Sure. In theory, the ranked, the ranked ladder does not check for expanding force because it uses the same engine as sword and shield where expanding force was legal so in theory if this never gets fixed you can have a grassy glide rillaboom by genning it which is we're explicitly saying don't do this by the way don't Don't do do this at all i i have enough of a problem with trick room in dd and that's an exploit in the game that's a legal one at least (laughs) yeah uh i i am on the side of getting your Pokemon battle ready through whatever means necessary, as long as they are legal, as long as everything is as it should be. If you were just catching Pokemon and training mm-hmm. them up and breeding them up, because the whole idea is that that part takes arguably a very, very objectively, a very long time to do. You can get good at it, but it'll always take a long time to do. Because Problem there's is, so much randomness built into this game for fun that when you're trying to play it for fun in a different way, mm-hmm. it, it it would be so much easier if there was just a, a through line to that. Yeah. And there's not many hours left in the day after you spent one watching a, a, a Cybertron a video. A Cybertron yeah. video <laughs> and then you sleep and then you go to work. And yeah. Then, there's no time. No time left. But yeah. yeah. That's that's something you shouldn't do. But yeah, Pokemon Home coming eventually. They, they, they're they still on the early half of the year. But apparently what I read or what I heard. Okay. Because I don't read. All right. Was <laughs> the, the reason why it said early 20 or early 2023 was a translation error uh. from the Japanese trailer, which in the Japanese trailer, it says spring 2023. Also wrong. Uh, it's we're technically still in spring. Uh, okay, yeah, they got <laughs> they've got June. a month. Got yeah. it. Cool. We're we're here. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. in early 2023 anymore. I mean, you know first what? fiscal right. quarter has ended. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Couple months back. So who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? I'm hype. I want to use Ursaluna. I want to use Gudra. I want to use a bunch of new cool Pokemon. I'm tired of you know not being able to. They've existed for over a year now. Sure, and I'll I'll take my time to get there. I don't I don't mind that. Uh, they also say the next patch for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will release next week between May 22nd and May 26th. This Are you will- sure about that? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Smash cut to uh, to to a month from now where they're like, we're fine. We're releasing the patch. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, this patch will fi- fix an issue with competitions that affected the Japanese and Korean qualifiers for their national championships and the Pokemon World Championships, causing players to be un- unable to see rankings, face against the same opponents repeatedly, and be unable to exit out between battles. You know, you heard about this? Ooh. No. So the 
matchmaking system for the global challenges was so bad that people found ways to manipulate who they get paired with and they can pair with themselves over and over on a second console and just win trade their way up. I guess not really win trade, but you know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so That's no fun. GG's. So That's I think no fun. what they're going to end up doing is having the points not count and then they're going to host other ones. I'm not sure how they're going to deal with that. But yeah, it is a big problem when it comes to because the global challenge is how uh, players in Asia qualify for their nationals, the Korean and the Japanese circuit. So uh, <laughs> if you exploited it, do you really have you earned that spot? Not really. You took it away from someone who does deserve I'm it. I'm really curious how they're going to perform in worlds if they were actually let through. Uh, they probably won't do amazingly, but you know, you know, like I, I want to see them end up at the bottom of the list. Be like, uh, you could still yeah, well, I'm just happy to be here. You know, <laughs> hey, some people, all they got to say is world's competitor and clout. That's, you know <laughs> what? That, that is fair. If they did that, then they can go and put world's competitor on their, on their Twitter bio. And that's it. That's it. They're set for life. The end. They the send end. in their Twitter resume to <laughs> a job, and the job calls them not two days uh, after sending in the resume, not even one day after you send that that Twitter post. They will immediately give you a call and say, "Hey, I uh, I saw a little something on your on your Twitter Twitter bio. Would you mind uh, explaining how you're the?" Pokemon World Championship competitor. And they'll say, yeah, that was me. I got there. I played it at home. <laughs> Completely legally and fairly. Yep. So, yeah, that's what this patch is about, which, hey, it shows that they're willing to hot fix something. I'm glad. That's a hot fix right there. Pokemon is very rarely ever hot fixed anything. <laughs> so They're i'm taking, proud of that taking notes from pokemon unite yeah maybe yeah turns out it can it can be a good thing when you you know fix your game wild. Uh, well, <laughs> a wild statement i know uh all right let's talk about hartford that's going to be the focus the focal point the the the, the epicenter of this podcast is 2023 Hartford Hartford Regionals. Hartford. <laughs> Hartford Regionals. Uh, this weekend, May 20th and 21st, we had 675 players attend Hartford, Connecticut. More people than Hartford, Connecticut has seen in its life. It took us a very long time to find where the city started. I'm still not sure we found it. <laughs> Uh, and they all played Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I'm kidding, by the way. If anybody out there lives in Hartford, Connecticut, more power Move. to you. Well, <laughs> oh boy. Now, now, now the focus is on Kevin. Yeah, Did you I, hear what he just said? I'm from Jersey. Said, I'm allowed to hate on Connecticut. It's yeah, part of it's part, it's part of the banter. They'll hate on you right back. It'll, it'll be yeah. a fun little back and forth. We'll love it. Um, yeah, I mean, Hartford was fine. All right, we couldn't find an Airbnb within, you know, 30 minutes of the place. Uh, so we got one 40 minutes away from the place. 
It was mostly it was our nice. fault. It was this little, little cabin in the woods. Why was this our fault? We decided to have a lot of friends. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Oops. We decided we let's all be together and oops, all friends. <laughs> Could have just had two conjoint or two adjointed hotel rooms. It's fine. Cabin Maybe. in the woods. Yeah, cabin in the woods. So we found a cabin in the woods. It was great. Uh, <laughs> it had a fire pit in the backyard. And we made and use we, of it. Oh, yeah. We roasted some marshmallows, made them all roasty toasty. You had uh, Mark, Mike was, had an invention, right? Okay. So first of all, this I'll, I'll give you the credit. Uh, at the beginning though because you were the one who who so desperately was like we gotta make s'mores yeah we just gotta do it uh, we had a fire pit we had seven people in the house and, and you managed to convince people. you managed to convince all seven of us took me a couple hours yeah <laughs> to go and get s'mores they were like so we fine did. kevin we're gonna get s'mores fine, <laughs> at geez. first everyone's like eh, do we we don't need s'mores because yeah. for some reason i was, I was talking to rowan or I think yeah. Rowan was like, when you said s'mores, I thought you meant like go out to a restaurant and get s'mores. It never clicked that you wanted to use the fire pit. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I didn't know that. Rowan, <laughs> kind of you're bougie. supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So we went over to, to Target. We picked up the s'more stuff. We went back that night, had s'mores. Uh, my invention. All right. Here's my invention. You know how... When you make s'mores, right, you have graham cracker, you have chocolate, you have marshmallow, and then you have another graham cracker. You put them together, eat them, yum, 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 delicious. It's a little s'more. You can just skip the whole add chocolate to graham cracker by something called mm, a chocolate chip cookie. So you just get two chocolate chip cookies, right? You roast up your marshmallow, nice and roasty toasty. We got these little rectangular prism ones. Oh, yeah. very like, convenient marshmallows. Which is so good for s'mores. You take the two cookies, you sandwich them on the on the stick, like you would with graham crackers, I suppose. And then you pull off the marshmallow. And then you have the cookie. My mm-hmm. mistake was making uh was was buying the hard cookies. If I had bought the chewy cookies, that would have mm. been the most delicious thing that anyone has ever had. We were in a Target. So if we went to a, a like a gro- an actual grocery store, not a department store, we might have been able to actually go to a real bakery that has legitimate cookies in it. Yeah. But oh well. Next time. Next experience. Yeah. Next fire pit. The Incredible! Other th- <laughs> the other thing that Mike invented, because Mike's just a genius when it comes to s'mores apparently, was taking the rectangular prism. Yeah. And then a little tiny Hershey piece. Oh, yeah. Stick it in the marshmallow and then roast it while melting the chocolate at the same time. (laughs) That's right. Yes. You take the chocolate, you put it in the marshmallow, you roast them both. Roast them both. And by the time you eat it, it's a molten piece of chocolate inside a molten marshmallow. But you know what? It doesn't matter because it's the most delicious thing you've ever tasted. You also drop two marshmallows. Hey, in listen. The pit hey, 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 hey. <laughs> by hey, doing hey, this experience. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Pokemon battles are full of surprises. <laughs> Just let let that be. Let that be it. <laughs> They're still in that pit. <laughs> they burned. They burned hard. Uh, but no, it was a it was a good night. It was a very good night. Um, and then everyone went in and played Tears of the Kingdom. This was the night before. Uh, day one. I think this was immediately after day one. Cause this was day one. We wanted okay. to cry our, our sorrows away with yes, 
So 675 people in the Hartford, Connecticut Convention Center. I, first of all, can I just say that convention center rocks? That convention center was the best one that I've been to so far. Including like nationals last year and whatever nationals is going to be this year. That convention center, something about it felt so good. It was like, it wasn't bright. It wasn't cold. It was just like brown and black and darker colors. The lights weren't crazy. It was nice to have a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ridiculously high ceilings, not rusty, like air conditioner vents above you, but like actual painted air conditioner vents all blacked out as well. It was a nice place. It was perfect for a switch screen. We weren't like, like congested like sardines like we were in Orlando. I liked it a lot. It's really, really good. Um, it, it, it was one of those places that like didn't make you feel like you wanted to leave when your battle was done. In fact, we never did. We never did. We yeah. never left that room. And I guarantee we are not the only ones. We had enough space to stay. Yeah. It, it was so big that we didn't have just one spot that we were congregated to. We created new ones. And, and somehow... <laughs> We all just kind of agreed where they were. <laughs> I think we, we kind of gave a little bit of a survival guide last last week, right? <laughs> we were talking about um, finding finding that spot. Yeah. Yeah, and, you got to find uh, the spot. We, we did not do that. We broke our own rule because the convention center was cozy. Mm-hmm. It was good. I really enjoyed that. Um, the battles, though, eh, they were all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about th- those later. <laughs> I think Kevin and I learned that uh preparing for a re- a regional specifically a regional and a national preparing for any kind of in person event or any event you should probably play a little bit more with your team <laughs> you should probably point, yeah. know your team a little bit better <laughs> historically we haven't had too bad of a time uh, mm-hmm. running with teams that we barely know i had a worse time than kevin did let's just say that off the bat uh by the end of it, I ended up like four or five, but I was like four two at my highest. And then mm. I just started feeling sad and sad and sad after every Big single grip. loss. After you ran hyper offensive, that's not easy to run in a tournament. It's not easy to run while sad. I think <laughs> hyper offensive, in my opinion, it's um looking beyond Mike's sadness. It, mm-hmm. it, it's very good in best of one. You can cheese out a win nice and quickly, and I usually did. Yeah, but the second that they, they 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 get the time to think in between rounds and they're just like, okay, I know what he wants to lead. I know what he wants to do. What can I do? It's yeah. like, okay, they find they kind of find their way around. They figure it out after a yeah. while and then they they start to smack back and then you start to think about what your what your turn should be and when you have to think hyper offensive dies. Yeah, you can't so. think with hyper offensive. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but we'll talk so, yeah, about what, our teams you, in a little bit. Yeah. Or do you want to talk about the teams yeah, right now? Why not? What'd you bring? Sure. What you got? I went with a, I went with a King Gambit team, which I don't uh, think was the problem. I think King Gambit is honestly really good and you should never take it off a team, but continue. I would agree with that. Actually. I don't know if you, are, are you saying that because I said that in my video today? Did you know? No, not at all. I'm saying okay. that cause that's my personal opinion. That's fair. I think I said something to that effect where like, I don't know how I'm, uh, how good I am with using King Gambit. And that might be true. Uh, but I think the King Gambit actually performed pretty well. 
I went mm-hmm. in with a Fluttermane, Sandy Shocks, Murkrow, Chi Yu, Iron Bundle, and King Gambit. Uh, team, again, yes, very hyper-offensive. The Chi Yu is uh, built a little bit more bulky than others so that it can stay alive longer, uh, so that your Iron Bundle can do more special attack damage, so that your Sandy Shocks can do a ton of damage, um, so that your Fluttermane can do a ton of damage, all kind of enabled by the Murkrow as well, because mm-hmm. uh, the Murkrow has Sunny Day and uh, Tailwind, so you're able to give some speed control while also tossing in sunny day, giving in that extra damage for Chi Yu and Fluttermane and Sandy shocks three Pokemon that benefit really, really well from the sun. And if that doesn't do it, then you toss in the King Gambit with Terra blast and Terra fire um, so that you can terrestrialize and hit them with another fire move under the sun. Spicy. Big it's damage. Spicy. It's had a pretty good run. What were you um, struggling against, do you think? I was struggling against people who were outplaying me. <laughs> oh, okay. So there wasn't like one Pokemon where you're like, okay, this thing is kind of nuts against my right. team. Most of the battles, I think if I were if I had taken a bit more time to like really figure out what my what my team felt good against and what my team uh needed to do certain things against, um mm. then I would have had had a bit more of a good time. But what uh, really would trip me up is like after the begin, after the first battle, right. Mm -hmm. I would usually win that. Uh, I'd go into the second battle and I'd have my lead, which was usually like Chi Yu and either Fluttermane or, or iron bundle, depending on what they could handle. Um, Or Murkrow was in there somewhere, but uh, they were able to, to counter my same lead from game one in game two. And I was just rarely able to figure out how to beat that new counter lead. The new lead in game three. Yeah. 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 Because that's the thing with Pokemon. What makes Pokemon a good game is that like whatever good team you think you have. You're you're not unbeatable. You're never unbeatable. Mm, You get humbled real quick sometimes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Kevin, what about you? I brought the worm, baby. I brought... Mm. Earthworm, Tinglu, Dragonite, Gyarados, Fluttermane, and Chinpao. Very similar to David Kutesh's team from EUIC. And honestly, man, I'm straight converted to the worm at this point. This thing did so well for me in the tournament, I think. Uh, the thing about Earthworm, we have talked about this before on the podcast when I blew mm-hmm. Mike's mind a couple of uh, weeks ago, is the ability to shed tail with the multi-scale Dragonite. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. And that that was my win condition. In a lot of battles, people were hitting me with like volt switches and discharges and T-bolts. My dragon, I was just like, OK, and All then right. doesn't, doesn't even break my sub. They had to hit me three or four times just to crack my HP. It's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I just sit there. Dragon dance, dragon dance, dragon dance. And then just smack them with e-speeds for the rest of the Mm. game. Easy peasy. Um, And tell the people your uh, turnout, your result. So I went six and three. I started off uh, one win. I went against Judy Azzarelli round two. Took a game off him, but he smacked me the the last two games. So I I was one one. Then I got a lot more wins to be three one. And then I ended up getting two losses in a row and that's where i started getting discouraged because 
that, that's probably what you remember is me getting sad because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was at three three. I was like, oh dang, I'm at three three. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't make day two. Big sad Kevin boohoo. So I was like, oh screw it. If I'm not making day two, I'm getting points. So I just won three. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> easy, easy. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's hard to to battle the sadness when you're when you're there. At the time that Kevin was three and three, I was four and two, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess I still have a chance at, at getting to day two. Because the whole whole thing with day one and day two is day one is a bunch of Swiss rounds. You had nine nine rounds against just kind of random people at at first, and then more mm-hmm. specialized into like the people who also have your score. So if I went zero and one at the beginning, the next I'm facing somebody who is also zero and one and whoever's the better zero and one moves on to the next round. Uh, or rather goes and faces the people who are one and one. And then mm-hmm. the people who are zero and face the people who are zero and two It's a whole thing. Um, so early on, it's very easy to kind of roll the dice and match up against someone who's probably going to make it into top eight, top 16. Uh, Kevin faced Judy Azarelli, who is statistically just a, a amazing player. I'm curious where Judy ended up. Do you know? I'm currently scrolling. 86th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Judy ended up 86th. And I ended up facing somebody who went like 100 and something. Uh, very early on, I believe that was my first match. Um, so, I mean, that kind of stuff happens, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, and then after you're finished day one, the top was at 128. Yeah. Move on to day two. No, no, the, the, uh, if you need seven and two, for oh, day there two. It is. yeah, seven and two. So people who ended up seven and two move on to day two where they have more rounds of, of Swiss. Swish. So it was the top, what was it? Looks like 60 players yeah, moved top on. 60. Yeah. Uh, so 60 players moved on to day two, uh, where then they battled out for a uh, top eight. The top eight went down to a top one. And that's how the battle was won. The winner ended up with 200 CP, second place 160, third place 130, fourth place also 130. Something uh, that I, I learned something today, but uh, oh. the other day over the weekend, but uh, you can go first. I was going to say, I, I encountered a lot of bundle and a bomb snow throughout my tournament, tournament sure. run. There was, there was a time where I went against three of them in a row. And there was a time where one of my losses was due to my Ting Lu getting frozen for two games in the best of three set. Mm. Um, but it's interesting to see that not a single one made top eight. <laughs> yeah. I face so many, but I'm so happy that not none of them made top eight. So you guys could stop playing it now. Jeez. <laughs> the funny thing I find about looking at tournament results, mm-hmm. and it's almost always like this, with exception of recently the Tinglu that ran Fissure. Um, and a couple of them still do run Fissure, but mostly not because Fissure is a uh, RNG move, but because stomping tantrum is a fail safe for that RNG move. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my, my thing with these Pokemon that end up in like the top eight, top 16, top 32 is that the higher up you get, the less you see those Pokemon that are only there to do one thing or the Pokemon that you think are traditionally not that great. So like you're Obama snows. You don't you don't see that. Mm-hmm. You don't see that until the top 20th where Drew went and ran that. Drew Kenzi, uh, Ken Ziora ran that. 
Um, I'm not even seeing any other like low percentage usage. I guess there is an Oranguru who went sixth from Dominique Johnson. That that's honestly really impressive. Oranguru was not even on anybody's mention before right. this tournament. But what's really cool about this team is that it offers a trick room option mm-hmm. while also offering an instruct option, which can get kind of toxic. Right. And what's really cool is that you can run Ting Lu with weakness policy next to this Oranguru. And Oranguru has telepathy. So when you click EQ, you don't take damage and you can EQ EQ with the the Ting Lu. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'm I'm looking at this. So what would be triggering the weakness policy? Is Tinglu weak to bug? Yes. Pollen puff. No, wait, that wouldn't work because pollen puff heals you if it's an ally. <laughs> yes. This is very true. Uh nothing. I guess the enemy. I mean Tinglu is gonna get its weakness policy triggered somehow. There's that's no fair. other way to knock it out. <laughs> that is fair. It is weak to a lot of things in the game though. Fighting bug, water, grass, ice, fairy. Very common things, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, couple that with the fact that it has a billion HP. It's it's not going down. In a lot <laughs> of defense, it's not going down. Um, but yeah, not seeing a ton of Obama snows up in there. Um, and then the closer you get up to the top, the more often you're now seeing the same kind of Pokemon, mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't a tournament where all eight in the top eight were running Fluttermane. So that's that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have six Ew. instead of eight. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we, we have, have six, six iron hands again instead of eight. I like what Victory Road did, that they put all the yellow Pokemon at the end. So we have Dragonites and Iron Hands on the just like in a straight line. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's fun. I could appreciate so that. there's what, six? Yeah, six Iron Hands. As many Iron Hands as there are Fluttermanes. How many Moonguses made through this one? Six. Five. Five. One, two, three, four. Yeah, five. Five. Uh, only one Azumarill. Honestly, Azumarill's on the rise, dude. I think people don't appreciate Azumarill's like as a Pokemon, but Life Orb, Water Terror, Aqua Jet in the rain, ridiculous damage. Yeah, for sure. You were able to one shot anything, Fluttermane specifically. I, I think Fluttermane, you might not even need the rain to one shot it. Just the Water Terra plus the. Oh, this was Zoe Mama. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm looking at the face zooey mama yeah and pelamurp <laughs> bert mungus <laughs> <laughs> we're just reading the nicknames in case i'll tell you, you the story i'll tell them the story Don't all right worry. perfect uh so we were watching the stream right we were watching the stream and ryan Haig goes up against uh it was probably tang shi liang at this point uh, i think it was during tang, the finals yeah, yeah. and uh, it looks like they had forgotten to turn off nicknames uh yeah to turn off nicknames before going into their battle they usually do this because you're the 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 stream follows one person's perspective because spectator mode is is broken um and when they do that when they follow the one person's perspective to kind of make it a little bit more family friendly here they take off all of the nicknames okay uh so in ryan's team in that one game that they forgot, we got to see such wonderful Pokemon names as Zooey Mama, uh, Pelamurp, Bert Mungus, uh, and Business. And that <laughs> quickly became my 
favorite Pokemon of the of the day. That was a it was a <laughs> Iron Hands, but its name was Business. Every Iron Hands you ever have on your team from now on is named yeah. Business. Is and we're is. sending in the business. <laughs> Um, now the other two's names were uh, Pepperoni and Jolden Joe, but y- while those are amazing names, I gotta give it up for business. Pepperoni is a flutter man. Jolden Joe is a golden go. Also, uh, do you think you had to tell people that Jolden Joe was a golden go? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> the uh, I definitely had to tell people that Pepperoni was a flutter man. No, well, Azumarill was Zooey Mama. So. <laughs> Which one was Pelamurp? <laughs> the cool thing about the Golden Go is, do you notice something about the Golden Go? Uh, the Golden Joe has Trick and a Choice Scarf. And also Nasty Plot with yeah. that Choice Scarf. Yeah. Double, oh. the double non-attacking Choice Scarf. It's pretty, it's pretty respectable. That's the idea is to trick can... it away turn one, I guess. Yeah. Sure. You can do that. But... Also, after you've you've tricked away your your choice scarf, your then condition. your opponent is you know locked into whatever move. And if you catch them on a good move, uh, for you that they're not using, like a nasty plot, for instance, if they or go and use protect. a nasty plot or a protect, which you wouldn't be tricking. Oh, um, yeah. then you would just go for the nasty <laughs> plot. Yeah, that's true. Then you would just uh, go for the nasty plot. Big Easy damage. peasy. Great damage. Um, so yeah, that was that was a really good one. We're gonna talk about the top four because those were a lot of fun. Um, respect again, to we Kyle were, Livinghouse for bringing a slug, though. Big respect to Kyle Livinghouse for bringing the slug. Yeah, we'll give some honorable mentions here. Uh, in eighth was James Evans. Uh, in seventh was Eric Stewart. In sixth was Dominique Johnson. In fifth was Kyle Livinghouse. I think what I'm gonna do next time, I'm gonna take notes during the. <gasps> Uh, during the final battle, you're going to have to remember remind me on that one too, because I'm going <laughs> to forget every time I'm going to forget. Um, Cause yeah, I, I feel like talking about that James versus, I want to say it was Tang uh, battle was the first one that we were watching at the Airbnb. Yes. Uh, that one was, was really cool. Maybe mm-hmm. it was actually Ryan Haig. I can't remember. Ryan Haig and Tang was the finals. That was the finals, but I'm yeah. talking about James Evans who came in eighth. Anyway, that, that was a really good seed. match. That, yeah, it would have been first seed with eighth seed. So that tracks. if you want to see a good, good match, go on to the Pokemon YouTube channel, go and bring up the day two uh, battles and go and watch just that first one with James Evans versus whoever he faced. Because that was, was that yeah. was great. Yeah, it was Tang. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really close matches. I honestly thought that James had it at one point, but then Tang was just so, so strong. You know, what's crazy is that Tang didn't drop a single game in top eight not a single yeah. one and only and went 12 and two in swiss that's crazy man yeah you just you pulled it out man but the thing is like he didn't lose to james evans he didn't lose to wolf glick and nobody nope not it, even Ryan it, it was his tour to win and he knew it in, <laughs> in my opinion it was actually between the two people who who it ended up between between mm-hmm. tang shiliang and ryan Haig. I thought Ryan Haig did so well. Oh, Ryan also didn't eight. drop oh a set. Gosh. Didn't drop a single game in top eight. Well, right. Th- th- this finals was legitimately the best, like the best two players that were in this top eight faced each other. They 100%. both played very 100%. well. 
and we're going to talk about them. But first, let's talk about who came in fourth, with, which was uh, Soheb Mufti, uh, who went in with A, Chen Pao, Dragonite, Amoongus, Fluttermane, Arcanine, and King Gambit. And this is honestly what violence should probably be. Very similar to uh, Tang's team, but yeah. yeah. Honestly, this team is just... This is good This is good stuff, right? This mm. is what Palance has evolved into now. It's like, okay, we're done playing Palafin. Who needs water type anyway? Let's put King Gambit on our teams. <laughs> <laughs> Palafin was fun, but now it's done. We're going to move on to the king. <laughs> That's what everybody said when they were asked to play a Palafin. Yeah, so Hybe's team is whoop. That's what everybody said when King Gambit was introduced. The King Gambit that it looks like a lot of competitive players are currently playing is like yep. the full dark move uh black glasses set. So yeah. they don't run Iron Head, they don't need it. You know why? Because one swords dance, uh one swords dance is all you need to one shot a Fluttermane with Sucker Punch and Dark Terra. And yeah. with black glasses, it's so hard to attack this thing. You could sit there and click Sucker Punch after one sword stance and put so much pressure on your opponent because of how much damage you end up doing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Hal Arcanine is on this team. That's spicy. Hal Arcanine is on this team. The one thing I'll say, and people who hear me say this are going to be like, yeah, duh. King Gambit. <clears throat> uh, big weakness is sucker punching things that shouldn't be sucker punched. Yeah, duh. It's, but listen, it's... <laughs> holding back it's a good pokemon mm. but everybody knows the things that it's going to do everybody knows that it has kotak uh, cleave everybody knows that it has sucker punch those are the only two that everybody knows that it has people aren't really going to see sword stance coming they're not really going to see protect coming sometimes um but when you see a king gamut the first thing that uh, hits me in the head is like oh watch out for sucker punch same thing with chen pao that's same fair. thing there is there is a way to like manipulate it so that your opponent doesn't have a choice but to attack. And that's like, by knocking out their other three Pokemon. No, you taunt them. Yeah, and that's fair. Knock out two Pokemon. But yes. If you taunt them, then they're kind of stuck there. They're like, oh yeah. well, I guess I have to attack. It is incredibly slow. So anything with priority mm -hmm. is just not gonna be. Yeah, it's not gonna have a good time. mandatory. Yeah, so the Fluttermane was just good. The Moongus was just good. Everything else is, yeah, just kind of normal uh, for a team. The Dragonite has low kick, which is a little unseen, but it was just a good team played really well. Low kick's good into Tinglu, that's why. Ah. Things heavy, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good team played really well, and there's a lot to be said about that. A team, a team without all the new gimmicks and all that that's just like... It's there to to take names. It's there to get top eight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and then there was Wolf Glick, who came in third. Very familiar name. Obviously, he's been in the scene for a very long time, mm -hmm. done a lot of great stuff in competitive and outside of competitive. Uh, he came in with a Chiyu, Gyarados, Iron Hands, Tinglu, Amoongus, and Flaffy. I mean, Flutterman. <laughs> My bad. Did you see... <laughs> Please tell me you guys have seen that uh, that post on Twitter, or maybe just watching the live stream where they accidentally put a Flaffy on Wolf Glick's team. Yeah, 
They did that. It's very easy when you type in FL and the thing just kind of shows up. That did like spark something in me though. Cause I was like, this is a production mistake, but I actually got a little bit of insight as to what production does to make that happen. They they have a whole master list. Probably they have a master list of every Pokemon back there. Mm -hmm. And they probably just like, I don't know, type in the first couple of letters. It'll, it'll pop up and then they'll send it. That's so cool. I thought that was so cool. We got a little taste of production. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little taste of Pokemon production. Something I respect about Wolf Click's team. Yeah. Is that he wasn't having it when it comes to Chiyu. Chiyu notoriously just has a bunch of moves that never connect because you have heat wave and overheat typically on a set. Wolf said, screw that flamethrower. And it takes, it takes a pretty brave person to be like, yeah, heat wave isn't optimal. I can lose a game because of it. Flamethrower does the same damage. It just, just doesn't hit as many people. <laughs> so, hey, it worked. It works. It works. I mean, some people run overheat. Some people run heat wave. But those, there are downsides to both of those. Why not just run the thing that doesn't have downsides? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The 90% that you got to constantly gamble with. Mm-hmm. He also brought the the Gyarados, I want to call it. Uh, the one, you know, the one, the one that has waterfall and thunder wave and taunt. I had the same one. <laughs> it's a good Gyarados. It works. Yeah. I um, think Gyarados is really good. And it it kind of made me realize that in this regionals, status was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in top eight, seeing everybody status each other, uh, put down spores where, you know, you wouldn't really expect people to put down spores. Uh, It was interesting to watch. But more interesting than that, I think, was the fact that all of these people who brought Lumberries were getting their Pokemon status anyway. Yes, because they just double it. They're like, okay, nice Lumberry. Let me get rid of it so I can do it next turn. That's right. Because typically so, when I see Lumberry, I, I think I'm not going to status that. Why would I status right. that? It has a Lumberry. <laughs> exactly. Why would I go for that? It's just going to bury it away. No, mm. you bury it so that when you actually status it and do the thing that you wanted to do to it and the thing that it was scared of you doing to it, uh, then it has the thing done to it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want your Ting Lu, as uh, Wolf did, to not get statused, you go and put a lumberry on it so that it doesn't get spored, so that it doesn't get burned. But you can still do both of those things if you just do it twice. You might waste a turn, but I, I consider it investment. <laughs> you invest a turn in in statusing a tinglu. Honestly, that's that that's a very high level way of thinking. Because mm-hmm. I I I definitely fall victim to why would I waste my turn here when I couldn't just not. Right. But in reality, sometimes you need to make preemptive choices like that in order to give you a better outcome in the end. Your team probably doesn't appreciate getting hit in the face with a Terra flying Terra Dragonite right. at plus one plus one. Maybe I should burn it. Even if it takes me two tries, maybe I should get this burnt. Maybe that's just that worth it to get this thing burned. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my major takeaway from this tournament specifically. 
that I, I don't think I've thought about in any other other tournament before this was just that, like, don't be afraid of the lumberry. You're already not afraid of the citrus berry because you're mm. you know that the Pokemon has to go down. You you might be like, oh, man, he's a citrus berry when it, it triggers when they're at low health. But you move on, you attack again. You don't skip attacking a Pokemon because it has a citrus berry. So why would you skip statusing a Pokemon because it has a lumberry? Yeah. And the answer that some people might say is because uh, statusing a Pokemon doesn't knock it out. Well, that's kind of on the route. <laughs> uh, it's on the way there. I mean, it does yeah. make it, ab- it. It does. It does worse than knock it out. Statusing yeah. a Pokemon is worse than knocking it out because at least when you knock it out, you can switch into something healthy that can destroy you. When you yeah. status a Pokemon, you render it practically useless and it's a wasted slot in your opponent's side of the field now. You can, absolutely. They now have to commit a whole turn to swapping that spot out, which is just very big loss of momentum i think it does a lot more the thing is like when i play trick room and you knock out my two trick room setters and i'm able to set it up and i get that free torkoal switch i'm the happiest little boy i'm like okay full health torkoal specs fire terra kaboom like good (laughs) luck (laughs) i want to say that was a big thing that happened in yes it was in uh wolf uh, wolf's and eric stewart's game uh, in their best of three in the top eight is just there. There's so much status on that on both of those teams because they're both mm-hmm. relatively similar. Uh, you've got, you know, an Iron Hands here, a uh, oh, an Iron Hands there. Yeah, it's pretty much the same team. Is it the exact same team? Wait a second. It's is it the, the exact same team? same team. Oh, my gosh. It's the exact same team. Uh, so yeah, you've got a lot of different status moves. in that. <laughs> different, different moves, moves in some of them. Yeah. yeah. And the different berry on the carrot on the Gyarados. Different types and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we mean. Anyway, the the Pokemon are the same. A lot of the status moves are the same. It's interesting how that match turned out because it was just who could fire pile on the most Mm. statuses on each other's team first. And the person who did won. So that was interesting to see. Um, So that was Wolf's team. Next, we've got Ryan Haig, and I should mention that third and fourth again walked away with 130 CP and $1,000. The second place winner, Ryan Haig, walked away with 160 CP, $2,000, and went in the tournament with a Fluttermane, Golden Go, Amoongus, Pelipper, Azumarill, and Iron Hands. The business. Respect bringing Pelipper in this economy. I really do. It is not a it's not a great time for Pelipper right now, but you know what Pelipper does do is enable Azumarill even further. Yep. And also in a world where Blizzard spam was popular, and I'm pretty sure a lot of players went into this tournament realizing Blizzard spam is popular. Pelipper is able to slow down Blizzard spam, slow down sand and slow down sun. Mm-hmm. Um in better ways that any other weather really can do. Because the thing that I find, always found interesting with rain and why rain feels very dominant when compared to other weathers at the time is that rain setters are water type. They can deal with the fire types that set sun. Rain setters can also deal with the rock types that set sand. Mm-hmm. Rain setters also resist the ice types that hit you with blizzard. So if does feel like rain has a little bit of an advantage when it comes to the other weather. So if you could just find a place to make it work, it's scary. Right. 
Uh, nerfing specifically Chiyu is also mm-hmm. pretty big. And I say that because I brought a Chiyu and anytime I saw weather, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a grumble, grumble. But uh, mainly because Chiyu is, is huge right now. It's like mm-hmm. one of the top five Pokemon that's being brought. Um, and so if you have a Pokemon that can just, you know, soften the damage that that can do, you can bring things like Golden Go, like uh, like Ryan did. You bring in a Jolden Joe, you bring in Burnt Mungus. Uh, you, you, you save so much damage just by just by uh, getting a little bit of drizzliness out there. Mm-hmm. Same with business. Business is a grass type in Terra. Yeah, business, business the, the grass type <laughs> is a Terra grass. So you have that out with the water and you're having a good time. Water the flower on its head. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, but we've uh, we've beaten this team to death. Uh, it's it's a really good team. Uh, highly consider using that or taking inspiration from that. Uh, open pokey pastes are of course over on uh, Victory Road, and then the last one, Tang Shiliang, who uh, walked away with two thousand uh, dollars. Wow, three thousand dollars and two hundred CP. Went in with a King Gambit, Fluttermane, Arcanine, Chempow, Dragonite, and Iron Bundle. So yes, this is a good stuff team. It's definitely a good stuff team. But again, good stuff team played amazingly. Makes for a winner. Yeah, honestly, this team's really good. It's interesting to see he decided to go King Gambit, Fire Terra with Assault Vests. Because it does seem like a lot of people kind of shied away from that. Because they wanted the double, the double Dark Stab, Black Glasses, Dark Terra. Yeah. Thing. But honestly, both King Gambit's King Gambit is never bad. It's like like how can you make King Gambit bad? It's nearly impossible, I think. So Such kind of Pokemon. Yeah, kind of both sets just work at this point. Mm-hmm. If you have the assault vest open, might as well run it. Uh the other interesting thing is here we have the Aqua Jet Dragonite again, and I'm still mm-hmm. looking at it. And I'm still like, what does it do? But what I did, like, after, like, a week of brainstorming, it's stab against the Fluttermane that'll do damage to Fluttermane. And and I think that's honestly the, what the one stab? thing it does. Not not stab. Um, oh, priority. Priority, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. I was looking at Aqua Jet. I'm like, where's the water? <laughs> where's the water on the Dragonite? Where's I can't water? See it. I don't see yeah. water. It's thirsty. No, but exactly. It it uh, helps to KO the flutter mains and flutter mains are everywhere. You still need an ability to take out the flutter main when you are a Dragonite. Uh, and some people, when they're not uh, choice banned, will opt to just like lean really hard into the multi scale and hope mm. that it doesn't go down in one. Uh, but it's, <laughs> good luck. Maybe it's just a little easier to KO the flutter main before it can attack you at all. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so having Aqua Jet and your Dragonite, that sounds good to me. It's um, interesting. I did also think that was interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. The rest of the team's kind of straightforward. Nothing too fancy. Sure. Um, a lot of priority moves, extreme speed on Arcanine, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I thought that this tournament really was just the better player one. Mm-hmm. The person who was best at playing this team won. It wasn't always the exact same team, but it's like, you know, the player depicts what what moves are going to be on that team. Uh, The one or two or three or four other Pokemon that'll be substituted in for uh, at least one of them, uh, one of the the average team. 
And uh, at that point, it's just who can who can do it best. I will say this meta feels healthy to me. It feels nice. Like, yeah, you can go ahead and complain that there's Amongus everywhere. There's Floating Main everywhere. There's Iron Hands everywhere, which is valid. They are Mm -hmm. everywhere. They're good Pokemon. Good Pokemon are going to be played more. Shocker. Um, (laughs) So, but what I do appreciate is that we can still encounter Mons like uh, Oranguru sneaking its way into Top Cut. Glamora Mm -hmm. sneaking its way into Top Cut. Azumarill. Wochen. And if you scroll through this list... People are bringing some pretty brave things on some of these teams, man. <laughs> I'm seeing Scizors. I'm seeing Paldean Tauruses. I'm seeing Dreadnaws. You keep scrolling. Meow Scarada. 52nd made Meow Scarada. Mm-hmm. Earthworm. Stone Joiner. Like, the meta's healthy. I think it's really healthy. And it's probably just going to get worse from here. <laughs> totally. It's probably just going to get more... Uh, bad <laughs> sufficiently toxic for the rest of the next two months what do you think regulations d is gonna be so i maintain that it all depends on when home actually comes out because if home comes out in the next month i'm gonna say regulation d involves home okay so just home same thing but home well regulation d is gonna be the world's one right yeah, we're not getting Coridon Miraidon. I don't think so either. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Uh, we were talking about this too over the over the weekend that uh, this is the first in a while, uh, the first worlds where we're actually getting multiple worlds within one game's life cycle. Sword and Shield, yeah. we didn't get worlds a- until the end. Mm-hmm. And so the end had like a ton of Pokemon, including Zacian. Uh if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Series 12. <laughs> it's been a while. At least a week. Uh, they they included the, the legendaries already, uh, and they had been for a while, but we hadn't had any kind of worlds without it. This time, we get Scarlet and Violet with its evolving cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get it before... The full DLC. Yeah, for now. So as far as we know. So I think it's going to be either home or if not home, then it could be just the same as this plus walking wake and iron leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's home, too. I think it has to be home. Yeah. Um, back to what Mike was saying. Typically, games life cycles include regional decks then one restricted and then two restricteds when it comes to like worlds year after year after year because it's a three-year mm-hmm. life cycle for for the for the competitive scene so the only natural thing would be that worlds would be regional decks which i hope includes home because there's a lot of cool pokemon in home that we can't play with right now yeah Incineroar. So it could be very easy for them to be like, okay, if if we go by that same logic of one restricted next year, two restricted the year after, mm-hmm. where next year it's all of the DLC included in that world's, maybe one restricted, maybe a new format in, in the way that they do that. Maybe that we're already at two restricted. I don't know. Um, but let's say that we keep it in one and then the next year, when they release their second round of DLC. I'm <laughs> sure they 
totally can. Can't wait to go to the Grapefruit Academy. The Grapefruit Academy. <laughs> uh, then they include those Pokemon, the Grapefruit Pokemon, and <laughs> uh, two Restricteds, including Coridon Miraidon. And we can finally use Electro Drift in peace. It's about dang time. In a minute. Yeah. So that's that's Hartford. I think we have sufficiently uh, discussed that. But Kevin, Kevin. Yes. Uh, on our way to Hartford and on our way back, uh, you were courteous enough to drive my sleepy self uh, all the way there. And last week I had asked, what are some things we can do on our road trip to Pokemon oh, Regionals yeah? <laughs> in Hartford, Connecticut? That would have been really great to know before we went. Well, I figured <laughs> I figured that, you know what, we can we can. Uh, Wait until we came back. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, kind of. We can look at what people said, and we can say, okay, which one of these did we do? We had the benefit of being stuck in traffic, stop at a standstill for one hour, which was kind of a full hour. Man, nothing was moving. Like mm-hmm. not, uh, not even like eh, eh, eh. like it was done. People were getting out of their cars, walking around, being like, "What's going on? What year is this?" I got to pick up my kids. You know, when you start talking to strangers, you've been waiting around for too long. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Don says, I really like that you guys talked about singles this time. I think the destiny bond on armor is just especially against sucker punch King Gambit to ensure a kill. Oh. Interesting. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. So you use destiny bond turn one, right? Uh, King Gambit can't sucker punch you. Turn two, you go for any kind of attack. And then you die and then he dies. Yeah. No. If he goes for a sucker punch, then he dies. But if yeah. you get your attack off, then the King Gambit goes down. Oh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's kind of a catch 22. Like you can use your sucker punch, but it'll yeah, it's a loose loose. Yeah. yeah. It's just a lose-lose for them. Right. Uh, Lucas says street food, which, I mean, kind of. It's kind of all we ate. It's kind of all we ate, yeah. This shirt's a little tight on me right now. <laughs> Sweet Citrus said vlog the road trip, karaoke, and <laughs> avoid a pit stop for content. Uh, <laughs> that's good. That's cool. Yeah, vlogging the trip would have been would have been fun. Unfortunately, I, I'm too tired to do that. I can't do that. Hi right, guys, this is Mike. Uh, we're here next to Kevin. Say hi, Calvin. <laughs> and I'm asleep. That's yep. about as long as I had. <laughs> uh, the Lonely Donut says, Roadcast, we're definitely going to have a Roadcast one of these days. Uh, yeah. That sounds like fun. It's not or at like least I've, like a hotel cast or something. It's not like I'm a dangerous driver or anything. No, no, yeah, that's true. I don't want to have a roadcast. You with want Kevin. to put a microphone in my face? Go for it. Let's see what not, happens. Not him behind the wheel. Yeah, I have at least <laughs> five other people that will that will uh, justify this. Will vouch for me? Uh, nope. We <laughs> could have Kevin a driver there. and then us be in the back seat. Hmm. Backseat cast. Fair. Uh, Smart Cat and Espen says, uh, "Go catch yourself an Eevee with a top hat, or don't." But Go is the best road trip game to catch a variety of Pokemon. Oh, I thought that, that we could have done that at a standstill. I thought that. Yeah, that's true. I thought that specifically doesn't work in the car. 
I thought like it, if you're driving a certain, a certain mileage, speed, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, Unless that's interesting it, though. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I wish. Imagine if they changed that. They're like, listen, it's fine. You can go as fast as you want now. They, they changed a lot of things for COVID, right? Like they they yeah, increased they the range that you can you can. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that that you, you can know. join raids and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and catch things that things pop up. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't play Go. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's that's raids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neek says Nick and Aik says uh, test teams on Pokemon Showdown. Muck is a good Fluttermane counter. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. So we found Tangent. the guy. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> Hold up. Let's get to the mug thing in a second. First of all, yes, test teams and Pokemon Showdown. That is something that everybody else in the Airbnb was doing. And I was not. And Kevin was not uh, before Tears of the Kingdom took over. But yes, you are correct. Muck is a good Fluttermane counter. Now, you want to you want to talk about this? OK, so what do one of our buddies, Pierre, yeah. Mod, et cetera. Uh, encountered on his journey throughout Hartford was a team. And keep in mind that this was in round four. So he was four and one, three and four. Yeah. Yeah. So round five where the player who he was up against won a lot of games to get here. Mm -hmm. So don't discredit this before I tell you what he ran. So what he ran was, (laughs) A stench muck with shadow sneak, drain punch, protect, and some other move. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you guys are asking yourselves, what a stench do? I don't blame you because I didn't even know until I looked it up. So stench makes it so that every move that does contact has a 10% chance to flinch. Who knew? So the muck was just sitting there shadow sneaking things going for the King's Rock hit. I can respect it, man. Yep. I can respect it. And yes, it is a Fluttermane counter. Fluttermane cannot touch it unless it's Psy Shocks. And Psy Shock probably won't even kill the muck. Muck has a little bit of defenses. Totally. So, hey, uh, it did good. I'm with you. Strongboy Astro says, if you find someone on the way that looks like a Pokemon player, challenge them to a battle and make it a fun YouTube video or post it on Insta. That sounds like it would be hilarious and very fun and very, very unlikely to happen. But if that ever did happen, I would absolutely want to make content out of it. Mm-hmm. A lot, we of, these, ju- a lot yeah. of our fans believe that we would just be going slow enough to encounter another person on the highway. <laughs> It's not like they Kevin knew we were going to hit wheel. traffic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not with Kevin behind the wheel. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, I've got one. Uh, unknown says, hear me out. Get in the car and drive to Hartford. Thoughts? Which I, I, I'm here with you. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm down. I'm down for the sarcasm, especially because they spelled here wrong. I love it. Here. Here, here me out. Me out. <laughs> like there me out. Uh, but yeah, I'm very into it. Um, oh, what was the one? Oh, here we are. Umbreon says, uh, do more fun damage calcs. Do that Regilaki against wishy-washy. That's a, probably a good one to do. And it, you know, I think it mod, reminds me of something. 
I think Pierre had the biggest one, right? So far, I think yeah, he yeah. has has done the biggest one. But he got I, like four billion damage or something. Ridiculous. Four million. Forty-four oh. million, I believe. That's almost a billion. Not really. <laughs> Not even close, actually. No. Uh here is, by the way, the way that this works. I'm keeping the biggest calc flex on Discord active for you people who are now over an hour into listening to this podcast and want, want a little bit of, of instruction on how it works. Let me take a breath. When I say this, you can use any Pokemon that can make it into Scarlet and Violet. As long as its moves are legal, as long as you can tell a story of how the battle got to the place that it got to. Mm -hmm. So like your plus sixes, that's easily explained your minus sixes. That's easily explained. But if you have electric terrain on the field with, uh, I don't know, a choice scarf and a life orb somehow. I think the biggest one it yeah. was like a power spot and battery. You can't have both. That's right. Because no Pokemon gets both. So. Right. So most people are having trouble right now, like tossing in Chi Yu uh, beside a Pokemon, um, which you can also accomplish by, by tossing in power spot, or you can use battery, something like that. Uh, those are all okay. As long as you can explain the situation, as long Chiyu as somebody can replicate it can be on the other team. Yes, example. Exactly. Exactly. That has been the common, uh, the common answer to that. So if you are looking for more clarity on how to do it, that's how to do it. Just make sure it works. Um, I was asked earlier if Pokemon that are not yet in the game, uh, can go in. Yes. Yes. Cause eventually they will, but let's leave the stretching of the truth to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't toss in any other kind of new moves or any kind of uh, other shenanigans like that. But apart from that, you guys are doing great with it. I've been seeing a lot of really good mm. uh, damage calcs. So I'm actually going to extend the challenge by another week. I want to talk about it on the podcast, but I want some time to actually digest it. I haven't had the time to do that because of course, Hartford. Um, but yeah, keep, keep going with those and I'll make sure to call out a couple of good ones next week. I believe if you guys want to have a place to start, mm-hmm. Maridon seems to be <laughs> the place to start right now. Yeah. Good luck. If you can do more damage than a uh, plus six, 252 uh, plus special attack, choice specs, Hadron engine, Maridon, uh with helping hand after being helping handed with power spot. Uh oh, there's a thing. Can't do helping hand and power spot. Yeah, that's that why. doesn't work because what's his name? Power spot man doesn't get helping hand unless you skill swap it over and then skill swap it to a new Pokemon. It's possible. That one's possible. Uh Oh, <laughs> is it though? <laughs> it is. It is. The story can be wild, but it, it has to. It has to make sense. <laughs> it has to have a story. Helping hand power spot electro ball which is 150 BP versus a minus six, zero HP, zero special defense, minus Wingle affected by beads of ruin in electric terrain on a critical hit. There we go. They added in the critical hit. It's the easiest bit of damage you can do. 
a critical hit. Uh, that is, oh boy, 82 million damage. That's the winner so far. So far, I believe that is the most. It, I could be wrong. It could be the one underneath that he just put, just posted at 113 million. Keep in mind that if you can manage to get a glaive rush off, that's double damage. Mm-hmm. But you also need a way of getting that yeah. uh, uh, backscalibur out of the field on that same turn. So red card. Yes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but how Fun. do you get the choice specs on? Uh, trick. There's trick some way where? to trick. Okay, hear me out. What about <sighs> scarfed? A, a scarfed glaive rush back caliber next to a discharge. A discharge Maridon. Okay. So that when you go for the discharge after the glaive rush, the backscalibur leaves. Oh, but it's their team. Okay, they have a scarfed backscalibur that used glaive rush. If glaive, if backscalibur is off of the field, because I just learned a new thing about how this works. If backscalibur is dead after it uses glaive rush, does it still apply for the next turn? No, it shouldn't. Okay. Because I know that I now know that Glaive Rush doesn't apply if, if the Backscalibur uses a priority move and goes first the yeah. next turn. Technically, if you just click protect, that works too. Yeah. Right, right, right. Wow, that's nuts. Anyway, yeah, the, the I shouldn't brush that off because there are probably some people who don't know. If you use Glaive Rush... Glaive Rush is active until Glaive Rush is like negative effect where your team will take double damage. Uh, and it is both of them. Yes. Yes. Uh, that is in effect until until Backscalibur acts next. Mm. So if it goes for another Glaive Rush and it goes first, then it is. Well, if it goes for an Icicle Spear and that goes first, then you're neither one of your team is going to be affected by Glaive, Glaive Rush. If it goes for Ice Shard, which is a very common thing to do uh then both pokemon won't be affected if it goes for protect then both pokemon won't be affected from then on that's also rush again that's also a big reason why max calipers don't like to run a lot of speed right and that's because you will get hit by the glaive rush if you are faster you'll get hit by the double glaive rush damage after you use your glaive rush before you're able to cancel it out but if right. you are a slow back caliber what that means is you can be last Get the glaive rush off, fix it. The turn afterwards. Yeah. If you are a slacks caliber. Ha ha ha. That's not I a dumb. I, th- I thought that was going to be a dumb tish. Uh oh. There it is. We found it. Uh oh. <laughs> Pokey Sports. Pokey Sports. All right, I've been Mike, and that's been Kevin. This has been Pokey Sports, and this was a great time. I have a fun fact for you before we go. Yeah. Did you know that the German name for Orthworm is Schlurm? Schlurm. <laughs> it's a Schlurm. Wait, so we have a Schlurp and a Schlurm? A Schlurm. Yeah, we have a Schlurp and a Schlurm. <laughs> and they look okay. very dumb together. Yeah, yeah silly. <laughs> very silly. Uh, all right, well, uh, I have a fun fact. Ha, 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 ha.
Wow, that uh, Pikachu sounded weird. It's a really weird Pikachu. <laughs> All right, folks, we will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, bye. Bye.